You are listening to a special edition Therefore a Geek podcast featuring Sam Ellis. There's a man who leads a life of danger. To everyone he meets, he stays a stranger. With every move he makes, another chance he takes. Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow. Secret Agent Man, Secret Agent Man. Hi everybody, this is Andrew. And I'm Tracy. And this is a special edition of the Therefore a Geek podcast. And today we're over at Borderless Comics and we're talking with Sam Ellis. Hi, I'm Sam. How you doing? Doing well. So, uh, just to kind of get started here, Sam, how did you get into the... Uh, into the business here. Um, I believe you mean the comic cartoon business. Yeah. All right, because my other business is shenanigans. Um, I so figured that. I figured that one's kind of genetic. That just, yeah, that, that happened. It does. Naturally. I'm an Ellis, therefore I'm I shenanigan. Um. So, uh, man, where do I begin? I drew from an early age. My parents got me how to draw comics the Marvel way when I was four. Uh, where a lot of kids. We're told, hey, that doesn't really look good, and they give up with art. I just stuck with it and said to heck with the people that, that don't like my artwork. Uh, let them hate, and I just stuck with it. I think I said that. Um, let's see. I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, oh, before I did that, I sent fan art into Newman, Aww. which is an image comic book. Uh, Todd Knock was the artist for that. Okay, yeah. And... Uh, I drew a character named Kodiak. It was one of the extreme Rob Liefeld books. Um, and I was working at a comic shop at that time back in, uh, in Virginia Beach. And um, it's no longer a comic shop. It was actually in Chesapeake, but it was on the corner of Chesapeake and Virginia Beach in the College Park area. Okay. Um, so, so I take it you're a, you're a local here? Uh, I, I used to be. I left. I, I kind of am local. I'm just south of D.C. Okay. Um, yeah, so I uh, I applied to uh, a job. I'm going to make it sound really easy. Applied to a job and uh, went to an interview, and they were like, you're hired. And that was for a show called Frisky Dingo on Adult Swim. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I went from that to uh, The Exticles, which was the same production company. And then... Um, Archer was just kind of the next step from that. Same guys. Yeah, I actually um, just actually finished kind of binge watching Frisky Dingo. That that show was a lot of fun. Oh, that show is amazing. Hey, you know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, Archer's really great." Where did you guys come up with his character? And I was like, "He's essentially Xander Cruz from Frisky Dingo." Thank you. That's yes. what I said. And yes. when we first were doing Archer, uh, Adam uh, Reed did the voice of Archer, and it was. It was Xander, and uh, I believe he got a note that said, let's change this so he's not the same character, and they got each John. I mean, it was a good choice, you know, but I still hear a lot of the Archer lines in my head as Adam Reed doing it, and Adam, he just cracks me up all the time. He's a hilarious, hilarious individual. Nice. So, so what was the uh, kind of the, the connection there? Because obviously, there's a lot of the a lot of the cast and stuff are the same from Archer to or Frisky Dingo to Archer. Mm-hmm. So, kind of what, what was the the connection to that there? So we all worked <laughs> with each other, and um, 
not to reveal too much, there was a, uh, a new studio that was started by uh, Adam Reed, who made up half of uh, Floyd County, or he, he makes up all of Floyd County, but uh, of 7030 Productions. And when he started Floyd County, he uh, graciously took us all in. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to ask about um, the inspiration behind designing these characters. Primarily, I think of Archer because I think Judy Greer and Cheryl look a lot mm-hmm. alike. But like maybe Amber Nash, they don't. She doesn't look anything. No, like no. Um, you know, where we do you had, pull those? We had ideas of what we wanted the characters to look like before, and before we had the voices, you know, for some of them it was like let's draw them similar to uh, these people. Um, <laughs> these people. Um, Chris so Parnell's be, the one that looks exactly yeah, yeah. like. But uh, we actually used uh, Matt Thompson's friend, uh, a neighbor, um, as the model reference for that. And then stylistically, we kind of grew from Frisky Dingo. And, um, you know, all of all of our shows, I think, have a rooted influence with Alex Toth, um, the C-Lab in particular. But I'm a huge Alex Toth fan, uh, whether it's Space Ghosts or even his little Orphan Annie stuff, which would have been the most awesome, insane spy show. Uh, it was a set in the 70s. I don't know if you guys have seen the, the Alex Toth Genius Animated uh, book, but it's fantastic. It's just chock full of his designs and layouts and storyboards. Um, I, I picked it up at the Baltimore Comic Con for 25 bucks. I was like, nice. score! Um, that thing weighs like, I don't know, 50 pounds, like a big bag <laughs> of sugar. It's like, this thing's sweet just like sugar. Um, but, uh, you know, we took... Uh, those kind of ideas. I had a bunch of old look magazines from the 40s to the 60s. Uh, we got stylistic uh, mandates from uh, the executive producer. And, uh, you know, it was me, Chad Hurd, Neil Holman kind of working as, a, uh, as kind of a core group. Neil was the art director and Chad uh, was the other lead uh, for that first season. I think he's gone on to be an associate producer um, for the show. But, um, you know, we just kind of would throw ideas back and forth, and we made stylistic uh, choices. Like Frisky Dingo had two shadows and two highlights, and that was just too much. And it was like, let's simplify and try to make the designs more, he says with a question in his voice, elegant? Um, Because I don't really think that the show is super elegant. It's really jarring. It's clean, though. It is clean. You know, we we thickened up the line work. uh, And I think that we got a pretty good match for um, background and foreground, you know, elements. Whether it's characters, the cars are kind of an amalgam of both the uh, painted backgrounds, which are all done 3D first. Um, And I got to come up with how we did the cars. I found a bunch of the cars uh for the first episode off of a program called SketchUp on on google and i was like all right well i'll bring this in kind of paint it in photoshop and it worked in a way that it kind of stuck and we got to use for the rest of the series which was pretty cool nice so it's kind of um you mentioned a lot about like you know different style and things like that Mm -hmm. and you mentioned you know obviously many many years ago the uh how to draw comics the Marvel way. Oh, huge influence. I love the Busimas. John and Sal are both, like, top hitters for me. Them and, and John uh, Ramita Sr. is also another huge influence. I'm a big fan of that. 
classic 60s style. And Kirby's great. Uh, but I'm like a huge fan of Mike Allred, too, because he's okay, yeah. he's got that style that I'm, I'm drawn to. I grew up really liking McFarlane and the Image guys. Man, I just eat that stuff up. So Mortal Kombat, he just... Um, 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 um. But, um, you know... I, I don't know what you were going to ask, but you actually kind of went exactly where I was going with those. I was going to ask some of your uh, your other influences. Oh man, I you know so some of my first comics, I, the ones that I started collecting, uh, we had just moved to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, and uh, we we hadn't yet gotten into our house. And my dad would come home. He would lie to us and go, "Here, I made you this at work today," and it was like. Dad draws He-Man cards, and they were like these really awesome painted things. Like here, I made this. I he didn't, you know. I was like, oh, you did your services and received money and bought them. Is that what you mean? Nah, it was just you know BSing us. But it was cool. You know, you love your dad for that. Uh, lying to you. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I I'm not kidding that I don't love my dad. I do love my father. Dad, I love you. So he came home one day and said, "Here, pick." And the choice was either Nightcrawler 1 from the miniseries, which introduced the Banffs later on in issue 4, or it was Crisis on Infinite Earths number 1. I was like, I'll go with that one. Because um, it had so many people in it, and I was like, right. oh, mind overload. And, and I start reading through it, and I just automatically fall in love with these two characters. Doctor Fate and the Spectre. Holy crap, they were amazing. And uh, I, I still love those guys and would love to draw a book with them. Just saying, Mark Chiarello, if you're listening, make it happen. It'd be fun. It would be fun. You would definitely use a good uh, Doctor Fate and That's right. Spectre book. And mm-hmm. not New 52. Give me uh, a Wednesday Comics thing. Oh, I, yeah. actually, I actually just bought the giant hardcover oh. of that. So and good. Ben for, Caldwell's uh, Wonder Woman. Fantastic. Brian Stelfreeze in there. Amazing. I mean, that, that whole that whole lineup was 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 just fantastic. Yeah, they have to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. It was actually um, the editor of that uh, series was doing a panel at Baltimore. Oh, cool. Um, and I was sitting listening. I was like, oh my god, I forgot about that. Oh, I need to find that now. Yeah. I, I found it the uh, the next week. Uh, in, completely on accident. I was like, this this is mine now. Yeah, I always forget. So I. Uh, at conventions, I get pretty swamped and don't get to leave the table that often. Understandable. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I saw this um, lady at the uh, Baltimore Comic-Con, and she was holding that Alex Toth book. And I was like, Alex Toth, whoa, whoa, where'd you get that? And she's like, they have one left. They're only $25. And I was like, I will give you money if you go get me that book. So she went and got me the book, and... You know, I was like, I don't know, you know, to tip you is, but whatever you want, it's fine. Just take it. Be reasonable. So, you know, it's... Wow. But I always miss the goodbyes. Well, people often say goodbye, and I miss that, but that's <laughs> the good B-U-Y-S, not B-Y-E-S. So... For like shows like Archer, you were the uh, the lead illustrator. Mm-hmm. So how does that translate to what we see on screen? So the way the illustration department uh, works, season one, and I'm pretty sure it works very similar now, is um, the the process goes from script to storyboards. Storyboards uh, takes that script and they basically create a 
a visual direction for how the the cartoon is going to go uh, and you don't deviate from the script and you, you don't want to start freestyling that would be uh, a good way to go somewhere else for work um, so once they draw what needs to be uh, in that episode uh, we would look at the storyboards and make a list. Okay, we need this character from this angle. Uh, all those uh, props, characters, vehicles, backgrounds all become what we call assets. So we'd make a list of uh, how many assets from what angles, etc., are needed. And then we would divvy that out to different illustrators. Um, the illustrators, uh, in particular, uh, would draw everything that the animators will then later on use in animation. Um, if you could imagine, uh, for all of you Christmas celebratory types out there, uh, even if, if you don't, but you've uh, gone to a public school, around Christmas time, they have those Santa Clauses, they stick on the door with the little brads on oh, all yeah. their joints, and you can pose them, so you rotate that arm up a little bit, and you rotate the elbow out a little bit and you rotate the wrist. Um, that's more or less how our uh, assets get built, our characters. We parent uh, an arm to a torso. We parent a forearm to an arm. We parent a hand to a forearm. So if you move the torso, everything else will move with it uh, on kind of a, a hierarchical chain. Um, so everything that an illustrator does uh, is going to show up on screen as long as it passes review which a lead illustrator will look and go yes this is right it's on model it fits the style of the show no this is crap you should uh, look for other work uh, you have children <laughs> you shouldn't be a parent um, I wouldn't let you babysit my children uh, etc so you know you have to take care of the kids Absolutely. Which are all the little assets. Even though Mark Twain said, kill your darlings. Yeah, he did, he did, that's true. <laughs> How difficult is it to go from um, work in that type of environment to doing something like a comic book, like Adventure Time? So, for me it wasn't that difficult. When I, uh, when I snuck my way into 7030, um, I would work two days a week at the studio and sometimes at home. I told them I lived down the road. I didn't tell them that originally it was Virginia Beach and that I drove 600-some-odd miles to get there. And then when I moved and I was living Warren Robins, I was living like 110 miles south. So when i drive in and back, you know, I'd do 220 miles a day in Atlanta traffic. And, uh, you know, when they found out, oh, wait, you don't live in town? I was like, no. And they were like, well, what the heck? You know, well, why don't you work from home sometimes? So... For me, work set up in a way that I could transition working in a home office and got my family used to me working in an office and like, okay, we can't bother him now or, you know, don't go in there. It looks like he's just playing. I know he's just drawing, but <laughs> it's, he's working and making money. Uh, it's not that I was like counterfeiting. I just want the Secret Service to know because I know they tune in as does the NSA and we're all legit here. They're probably we're, listening right, right, right now. Like, like right. Not, not even listening to the recorded no. podcast, they listen to us live. Well, right it's now. right <laughs> off my iPhone. So <laughs> I've got that app. Do you know, I, I'm perpetuating a story. I'm going to put it online pretty soon. It's going to get me in trouble. Uh, but this is an exclusive first here. 
that uh, the NSA actually made an app, and a lot of people are using it, and a lot of people don't know that the NSA uh, made it, and they uh, put it under the guise that two college students made it. It's called Snapchat. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so little do they know. Again, that may or may not be installed on my phone right, right. now. <laughs> they didn't really do it, but those things that are deleting, they just go right into a folder on the NSA thing that says check later. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> That's probably a not. Re- yeah, a lot of really inappropriate pictures in that file. Oh, no, they're all appropriate <laughs> for the NSA. True. <laughs> it's everything we want them to have. <laughs> so, so what's it like working on, because you've been working doing did uh, adventure t- part of Adventure Time thirty one recently? Yeah, so uh, I mean, for me, it was a dream come true. I love Adventure Time. Um, you know, I have a friend uh, Nate Olson that works for Frederator Studios, and um, I'm a I'm a quote friend of Frederator. Uh, a big fan of of all the stuff that uh, Fred Seibert uh, produces and, and comes out of his wheelhouse of fun, um, and. I got to do a uh, oh a series of cat bug books for them, um, their e-books, and uh, they're good. They're available uh, on iTunes and uh, Amazon, and they've got a whole bunch of places you could get them. You should get them today. Um, for those not here today, we'll go ahead right. and put put a link in the uh, right. the show notes. Yep. Um, but they're they're fantastic. If you haven't seen Bravest Warriors, it's on YouTube. I, I watched that and was like, holy crap, it's like Adventure Time, but in space, it's it's teenagers saving the universe with their emotions. Oh, that is that is good. It speaks to the high school student in me, to the 13-year-old boy that's aspiring to be 16. That's, that's <laughs> who it's, it's like, grab onto this. But there was a little character that came out of there that a lot of people are familiar with called Catbug. And uh, he's voiced by Sam Levino, who's this little cute kid that's got a fantastic little voice. And and uh, he says stuff like sugar peas and uh, it's okay. Everything's okay. Um, and he's a cold-blooded killer. Kills his character named Jelly Kid in episode. Spoilers. Um, but uh, it's, it's fantastic. And uh, someone at some point, I thought it was Fred, but on his blog said, wouldn't it be cool if... Um, we did some books with Catbug. And Fred Seibert, for those of you who don't know, he was the first employee at MTV. Um, he was vice president of uh, uh, Hanna-Barbera. Um, he's the guy who produced all the cartoons that I'm sure you love, like um, Dexter's Lamb, Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo, and uh, he's oh, got shows on... That's all kinds of stuff. Good yeah, stuff. he's he's... His, so far-reaching. Sat on the board of the people that sold Tumblr. It was developed in his studio, so that was a hefty sum. Um, but, you know, <laughs> he he's always involved in this really fun stuff, but he has an open-door policy. Doesn't have a door on his office. Has his contact info on his website, and it's his info, and he answers people's questions, and I've pitched to them before, and he uh, set me up an appointment with their vice president, Eric Holman, to go out to Burbank to pitch to them when I went out and was pitching some shows at Disney and Cartoon Network and um, he's just really cool and when they put that up I sent him an email and said hey I'd love to draw the cat bug books and next thing you know I'm drawing some cat bug books and I was like yay so then I I bugged uh, my buddy Nate when I saw that they had some people from Boom going to the office and I was like 
See, I shouldn't say this online. <laughs> Cut this part out. <laughs> no, but I said, uh, I said, you know, is there any way that I could do like a Bravest Warriors cover for the comic? And then um, they graciously let me do a cover for one, and it's not out yet. I mean, Adventure Time uh, 31, I did that issue uh, a year ago, you know, and it just came out. But there's a lot of people working on it, so they're looking for, I think, a few factors. I could be wrong, but I know they released it uh, during the Baltimore Comic Con. It was good for me because I live in the area, you know, I could have books, I was going to be at the show, I could move, you know, some of the books there. Um there's some other factors. I don't know what they are. Probably length of your backup story versus how much of the main story do they have in there. So, um, again, that's just spec work. Uh, I don't speak for Boom or Kaboom Studios. Uh, sorry, Ross. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I'm making, hey, listen to Sam. He makes mouth noises. I hate mouth noises when people go, <laughs> Stuff like that. I just hate it. Uh, it's I'm a misophonist, which is misophonia is one that hates mouth noises. So like, if someone's eating, clinking the fork on it, I can't stand it. But I just went all over the podcast like I'm a Muppet eating a peanut butter sandwich, and I'm like, hmm, kind of stiggy. Um, but uh, at any rate, um, yeah. When they I I was. Um, trying trying to land the plane i told you about this earlier <laughs> uh, i took the plane off on a different direction we almost crashed john denver sorry i know it was it was, it was i'm s- sorry um but i'm i'm getting us back on track uh okay okay all readings normal we're leveling out all right now that we've brought it back uh so as as we were flying over the mountains. I'm just kidding, John Denver. Um, Man, you know, I almost crashed this. But uh, anyways, working on the Adventure Time story uh, was a blast. I I was doing some pictures uh, at church uh, and just, like, doing some sketches, and then I start going... Uh, in in there, and I, like, audibly looked around. Well, I made the noise, and peeked around and was like, I better shut up. I'm making sound effects. Because when you're drawing, if you don't make sound effects, you're not doing it, right? Um, That's what I've been missing. Yeah, you gotta, just as you're drawing a guy punching, you go, bam! Eat it! You know, or or you just, you have to like, make faces and like, um, who's, uh, you gotta look like Joe Cocker singing, you are so beautiful to me while you're drawing. If you're not like, Mick Jaggering to the side and eyeball falling down. You're not doing it right. But I drew these pictures of uh, Lemon Grab with Finn's hat on. And uh, I was like, oh, I got to call my sister because my sister uh, is a great writer. She lives out in LA. She does um, editing for sci fi and fantasy short fiction. And uh, I called Sarah up and I was like, hey, Sarah, check this out. And she was like, oh, yeah, we should do a story. And uh, so we start doing these pictures. Um, and I was like, all right, well, let's do something like seven pages long and we'll send it in. You know, you shouldn't draw out a whole story before you send it in. But um, I felt pretty confident with our story. And, and the reality is it never happens. You don't ever just hit a home run out. We did have a few changes. We had like two they told us to change. But um, 
you know, just writing it and being so familiar with the characters, we're just having fun. And we sent uh, our stuff to to Shannon, who was our editor, and then to Whitney later on. And they were like, oh, this is great. Let's do it. So um, we were like, yay! You know, just like giddy little uh, kids, like, oh, it's Christmas, or, or it's Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, or Festivus, or whatever, uh, running down the stairs to get our presents. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was it was a blast. Anytime they want me to do an Adventure Time story, I will be much obliged to help them. Very nice. So, so what kind of what was the, what's the difference between working on something like that that's a licensed property and working on something that's more like original, something like Archer or Frisky Dingo? So, when you're working on a show that you, uh, sorry, I'm gonna eat this little piece of coconut. Mm. Um, when you're working on something like Archer that didn't exist before, there's no real right or wrong when you're when you're trying. With um, Adventure Time, everything will go to the network to get approval. So you know that there's certain things that you have to meet. FX told us, do whatever you guys want. Don't worry about standards and practices, which is a list of things that you don't want to do on television before 6 o'clock. Um, with Adventure Time, it was very much, here's a style guide, this is how the characters act, you know, um, this is, you know, meet these criteria. And, um, you know, luckily, again, we were so familiar with the characters and loved them so much that it was like, okay, we'll just stick with that. Sorry, making hand yes. movements and head gestures. But it's, it's kind of like writing... Um fan fiction a little bit yeah, like you really really love the characters yeah. you just write what feels natural for them to do yeah. yeah I mean I wasn't shipping any characters or anything like that <laughs> but uh you know speaking of tumblr so so uh, speaking of tumblr check out my tumblr at rcscomic.tumblr.com um shameless plug I'm sorry I derailed you no 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 that's fine we'll we'll have some more time for shameless plugs too sweet um so what was it like working with your uh, your sister on this so, my sister and I have this unusual relationship where we work really well with each other. We're brutally honest. Usually she cries. Um, there's an episode of Sesame Street with Dave Matthews and Grover. And they both look really melancholy. And he looks over at Grover and he's like, Hey Grover, how you doing? Not too well, David. And he's like, yeah, what's wrong? I'm feeling sad. And he's like, yeah, me too, Grover. Hey, let's sing a song about feelings. So if you Google that song, that's pretty much how my sister and I work. Uh, there's a lot of feelings that are hurt, but through that process, you know, we usually come out with some really good stuff. And uh, I tend to have, like, this big picture idea, and my sister likes to get hung up on some of the little details and I'm like an idea guy and she's kind of a wordsmith so I have these big ideas and then I <laughs> I do the Sam Vito uh, thing where I'm like yeah no that's crap or I'll like rewrite a thing and like really tick her off um, but you know we usually cut to common ground um, and uh, I mean you know I, I will continue to work with her uh, as much as I can because she's a good writer and uh, yeah I mean, I, I'm like, 
hey, write with me. And, you know, but at the same time, it's like, hey, get ready for emotional abuse. <laughs> We're going back to this like it was the 90s. The 90s was a good time for emotional abuse, I think, if there was a good time. Don't you guys think, right? Yes. Hey, everyone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it for emotional abuse, everybody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, so uh, you know, I want to thank you for coming on, Sam. So oh, where, yeah. where can, else can we, uh, can we find your work? So I have a YouTube channel. I'd really appreciate it if everyone liked and subscribed to my channel and left comments. Uh, it's called Robot Cowboy Samurai. Right now I'm doing a bunch of how-to uh, draws on their speed sketches. Uh, if you tell me who you'd like to see in the comments, I will draw them within reason. It needs to be uh, something appropriate for uh, people that are at least 13 years of age. Um, let's see, where else can you see more stuff? You can follow me on Twitter, uh, either at Man of Missly, which is M A N O F M I S S L E. Uh, Missly, not Missile, it's French. Um, based off my old Missly Man character. He was Missly Man, Man of Missly. Uh, he's Ben Chalfon. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, RCScomic.com. Um, where else can you see my stuff? Uh, Man of Missly anywhere. Man of Missly.com. Um, Man of Missly at DeviantArt. I don't know. If you go to my website, RCScomic.com or the rcscomic.tumblr.com I'm trying to transist them in one or the other. We have a bunch of different features on there. Uh, we've got Settlers of Katandi Land, which is Sarah writing about things that she likes. Uh, my brother Grant, he's a filmmaker and a game developer game analyst guy. Uh, he has a, a thing called The Old Rusty Gamer where he talks about different games from tabletop to uh, video games and he it's in-depth game analysis, which is really good. Um, I don't know. I'm online. I'm like Mr. Ford. I'm kind of a little everywhere. Nice. That's yeah. right. I like that reference. Yeah. That's how we do it. Yeah. He's a real guy, by the way. Is he he lived across the street from us in Atlanta. Where we out of the well, the office was a foreclosed home. It was in East Atlanta Village. He would go around and mow everyone's lawn. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, again, thank you for coming out. It's my pleasure. It's been a real treat. And like uh, those donuts over there. Oh, those are good. And uh, once it, you know, if you want to find us, check us out at thereforeageek.com, facebook.com slash thereforeageek, or on Twitter at thereforeageek. And me, I'm at Mary Eyes. Yes. So, once again, I'm Andrew. And I'm Tracy. I'm Sam. And you've been listening to Therefore a Geek. They've given you a number and taken away your name. Beware of pretty faces that you find. A pretty face can hide an evil mind. Oh, be careful what you say or you will give yourself away. All you won't live to see tomorrow